if we are not loving change and connecting with change and in fact creating change we're going to be victims of change mm. i like to say that we need to make a friend of change so that when it shows up it's not an intruder it's a guest and then we accommodate that guest because that's what you do with guests and everything works out fine but treat it like an intruder try to kill it and realize that it's unkillable it's a vampire <laughs> you know you're going to be in trouble Welcome back to an extra special episode of the Voices of Vision Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Ben Lay, and we are talking with Bob Codges of Flight of Ideas. Bob is a keynote speaker at our Executive Leadership Conference here in November. Now, I know we're publishing this episode after the conference, but I wanted to give you a little deeper dive into Bob's very exciting topic uh, and very pertinent to our time. So, Bob is an incredible and dynamic speaker. We just jumped right into a conversation, no intros, uh, no small talk, and we just had a fantastic conversation about change and its effect on us and how we handle anything that comes at us. So we're just going to jump right into the content and hear exactly what that conversation was about. Here's my conversation with Bob Codges. I'm a professional improviser. I don't know if you know that. I actually, tonight, my level one class graduates on stage in front of a live audience at SAP Comedy Lab. Oh, that's awesome. Employing the principles of ready for anything, but on stage and in a theater craft sense. So very cool. It's very fun. Okay, so it's SAP Comedy Lab in downtown Orlando, Florida. And uh, I've been a performer there uh, for the last 20 years. I've been a teacher there for the last eight years, I think. And, uh, and I love it. Improv is one of the most valuable, powerful skills that you will find anywhere in the world because it teaches you how to receive with openness and then do something with what you've been given, right? So it teaches you to say, I don't know what's going to come out next. And I love that. And if you can look at life like that, I don't know what's going to come next, but I love that. You're better off, which is the whole basis of the talk that I'm going to bring to your organization. It's all about receiving whatever the universe throws at you and making it work for your life and making it work for your happiness. Bam, I just got my podcast hook right there. That 30 seconds of audio, beautiful. <laughs> I know, guess what? This, is, this stuff is, is so relevant now and it was super relevant when I created it 10 years ago. Right, right. I started this in 20, 20, you know, 2008, I started this uh, because I was doing a lot of strategic planning retreats for executive and boards all over the country. And in 2008, the economy crashed and people said, Bob, what are we planning for? We have no idea what to expect and things are going to change too quickly. And so what I realized people needed wasn't a plan. They needed the ability to be ready for anything, to face whatever comes down the pike and deal with it in a positive and productive way. So I went out and talked to experts in change and in receiving change and in doing good with change. Experts like uh, U.S. Navy SEALs. These people get dropped in foreign countries where they don't know anything from anything and they have to figure out how to make it work. Right. And so I talked to the top trainer of U.S. Navy SEALs and said, how do you teach a Navy SEAL to be ready for anything? I talked to the top trainer of astronauts at NASA and said, these people who are leaving our stratosphere and going to other planets, how do you teach them to be ready for anything? Right. I talked to people who teach trauma surgeons because what kind of stuff is showing up in their workplace every day? How do you teach them to be ready for anything? And what I'm going to bring to BSA is the answers to all those questions in the most simple, logical, 
inspirational way possible because it's not rocket science, even though I talk to NASA, it's human science, how we deal with change and change ain't going away. I mean, raise your hand if, if you've been messed with by change this year, all of us. So let's figure out a way to work it out. And if we can work it out together, all the better because one of the things that you'll hear me talking about is it's a lot easier to handle this stuff together. You know, we weren't meant to go through this stuff alone. And if we can figure out how to connect up and get some momentum in some different directions, we're going to be doing a lot better off. Absolutely. So I'm super excited to bring this to, to your group because now's the time to be ready for anything. Absolutely. And in the nonprofit sector, I love them to death, but change is difficult. I mean, that's for everyone, of course. Dude, but it's worse in nonprofit sector. Is. And I can say that as somebody who's done more than 200 retreats for nonprofit organizations across the country, more than half of those for free. Uh, and here's how it works. If we're not loving change and connecting with change, and in fact, creating change, we're gonna be victims of change. Mm. I like to say that we need to make a friend of change so that when it shows up, it's not an intruder, it's a guest. And then we accommodate that guest because that's what you do with guests and everything works out fine. But treat it like an intruder, try to kill it and realize that it's unkillable, it's a vampire. <laughs> you know, you're gonna be in trouble. The stakes are the heart of this vampire. Uh, I'm gonna give you all those uh, when we talk. It's and there's a lot of them. I'm, I appeal to a short attention span theater. I have, I think, 90 slides for the 60 minutes I'm going to be talking to people. And I'm going to be flying through these ideas. But my goal is to give you enough good content that everybody gets something that works for them. So people are going to have to pay attention. They're going to have to take some notes, although I am providing a mind map of my entire talk. It's literally a drawing that captures the major points of my talk done by a friend of mine named Angie Moline, who drew it live when I was performing this, this talk before. It's just a fun, cool something. So uh, yeah, it's, it's important stuff. It's useful stuff. And it's super relevant now because we are all COVID shocked. We're all knocked off of our saddles by the change that has hit us so hard and so fast. Right. Now I can say I've seen some tremendous good come out of the changes of this year, especially in our field. I mean, we've seen innovations that probably would have taken another 10 years for us to kind of get to. And now because we were forced to, you know, implement telehealth and in all of these, you know, digital uh, programs, I mean, this change I think has done really good for our field. Not that it hasn't hurt others, but. Dude, it, there are silver linings everywhere. And here's, here's my mantra that comes out of this pandemic and this change and this crisis. My big question to everybody is, What's the next impossible thing we're going to do together? Because if you told us a year ago, simply a year ago, that we were going to have to shut down all of our systems, pull our kids out of school, close our businesses, socially distance, wear masks, give health care to an enormous number of people and lose an enormous number of people, we would have said impossible, can't be done. And yet here we are, not completely on the other side of it but we're dealing with it and we are proving that we can do the impossible. So the question is, what's the next cool impossible thing we're gonna do together? Let's not wait for a tragedy to push us into motion. We've proven we can do this. So what's the proactive thing we're gonna choose and change now that's impossible? I can list a few things I'd like to see done, but I think it's gonna take all of us to figure out where we actually put our energy and our motion. Sure. So where does Bob Codges or Bob Codges, how do you say your last? Yeah, try that again. Yeah, it's Bob Codges, Codges, like Hodges, but with a K. Okay. Even though it's spelled K-O-D-Z-I-S, I've learned to answer to pretty much anything. So don't worry, you cannot offend me with your pronunciation. 
So how does Bob and Flight of Ideas come into this and in helping us navigate the change? Well, uh, I spent a lot of time researching the issue of readiness. I'm a professional improviser and facilitator. And, uh, and I am in love with the not-for-profit world to the extent that I've given more of half of what I do for a living away for free to the not-for-profit world because I believe in the causes. So how I connect to this world is I am a catalyst. I am a spark to help people ignite some direction that will help them to do better. I'm not a fan of the concept of sustainability because I'm a fan, a fan of the concept of not-for-profits destroying the causes that they are working to support. And that is to eliminate them, to eradicate them. I want the people who are fighting cancer to conquer cancer. Mm. I don't want them to create a, a lifelong foundation to support cancer care. I want them to fix it. So my mantra to, to nonprofits these days is collaborate and fix these things. There's enough smart people out here that if we just put our brains, our mental resources and our physical resources together and aim them in one direction, we're gonna be able to solve some stuff. And we've proven that we can do the impossible. So let's pick the causes that we need to fix and fix them right? as best we can. Now, mind you, there are some things that are impossible to fix. Not all diseases can be cured. Not all conditions can be mitigated. Absolutely, there are limitations. However, I want us to take it to the point where we run up against a wall and we say we can do no more. And then I want to do just a little bit more. Mm. I'll be doing a little experiment with, with people uh, in this experiment and they're, they're going to have to discover it in their own worlds uh, that will show them that we're, we're not actually trying as hard as we think we are. I love it. Well, I'm very excited about your, your talk. Now that Good. is- you should be. It's going to be an awesome Oh, talk. absolutely. Absolutely. Now that's Thursday of the conference. That's November 5th. It's, I think it's at 12.30 on the 5th. It's right around lunchtime. I may be during lunch or just coming off of lunch uh, uh, at that time. And so, and I have no problem if people want to be eating while I'm talking because, hey, I probably won't be able to see you anyways. Hey, improvise people. It's good training. Well, what we find too, though, is when we screw up and we run into walls and we do the wrong thing, it's almost all survivable, unless you're, you know, a skydiver. But for the most part, the rest of it, you mess up, you get up. And, and we get on with it. So uh, I'll, I'll be doing everything I can to impart what I've learned from people much smarter than I am in the subject of change. Now, I am great at change, but you will catch me, you know, unprepared at times. And people love to show me, oh, look, Mr. Who talks about ready for anything. Uh, and the truth is, it's almost impossible to truly be ready for anything, but it's mm -hmm. possible to get a mindset that will allow you to receive the vast majority of the crazy change that the world throws at you in a positive, productive way, and then do something with it that will push you in the direction that you want to be going anyways. It's judo on the energy of the universe, right? Absolutely. Now, you're a pretty interesting guy. You got some swords behind you on the wall. You know, when we were yeah. speaking yesterday off the recording, you were telling me about all of the various martial arts that you, you do. One that I'm doing right now that I think is particularly relevant to being ready for anything is Tai Chi Quan. Mm. I learned Tai Chi. Uh, I am learning Tai Chi from Master Luo Li, uh, who runs Ome Wushu. And, and he is a Chinese grand champion. He traveled the world doing Tai Chi and martial arts all over the world. And he's teaching me how to be present and to use my energy and the energy of the world to do what I want to do and to move the way I want to move. So those three top swords that I have behind me are all Tai Chi swords that I use in slow motion. Uh, and it's very calming, it's very peaceful, and it gives me a great center. And I've got seven years with this master. And... I'm still learning amazing things every time I spend time with him. And it kind of goes to 
we should all have mentors in this life, right? People who can guide us in ways that we want to be guided. You know, Master Luo Li taught me about balance. He tells me that balance is, is where you put your weight, which to me was this mind-blowingly profound sense. Balance is just where you put your weight. Now apply that to your life. The balance in your life is where you put the weight in your life. Mm. So if you feel like you've got an unbalanced life, you need to shift your weight. You need to shift where you're putting your weight and you will change your balance. And with no balance, there is no peace. So if you want peace, find balance. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little unbalanced myself. I'm at home working and then yeah. I, you know, go into the next room and I watch TV and then I bring my laptop with me and then I'm working some more and work seems to never disappear because I'm well, here's the thing. If you love what you do, if you love what you do, do that all you want. Mm. If you don't love what you do or if you love something more than what you do for a living, Find your way to that because it will feed your work. We fuel our work with the love of our lives. And if we have miserable lives outside of work, you see it when people walk in the door. The energy vampires that you just want to go, choose another hall because mm. you don't want them to suck the juice out of your life. And, uh, and I think what we have to do, what we owe to ourselves and everybody else is to feed the juice in all the parts of our lives so that we can use that energy however we want. And shame on us if we drain it. Shame on us if we spend all the good energy we have on other people and don't keep any for ourselves, you know? So as long as you have enough balance in that way and you're not running out of gas, you're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Yeah. And when we're not, reach out to other people because we need each other. And it shouldn't take tragedy or crisis to get us to realize that there's a reason there's more than one of us on the planet. Right. But life would be so easy without all the people. Absolutely, yeah. This world would be just fantastic. (laughs) Well, shifting gears just a little bit here, our listeners are fairly diverse. They come from, you know, CEOs and executive directors of organizations down to independent advocates to just individuals listening in. What is a tip that you can give them about facing change, especially now that they can take away from today? Uh, Okay, one simple, good, basic rule. Get rid of your hard expectations. Stop assuming that things will go a certain way and being shocked when they don't. You have to have flexible expectations. And that's that's one simple piece of advice I can offer. And that is anything that you're really, really, really expecting, give yourself some leeway in your brain that it might not happen and imagine what you might do if it doesn't. Because we get blindsided when we set our sights really hard on things. Uh, And we need to soften up our focus and see all the possibilities without having too much of a hard expectation. So we'll talk about, you know, words like should uh, and, and, uh, and the uselessness of that in our lives. But I really think expectations are the enemy of your ability to innovate. Mm. And, and correct me if I'm wrong here, isn't that a teaching of Buddhism, that desire, that expectation leads to some form of suffering? Disappointment. Yeah. Well, they say, and it's actually, I have a slide in my presentation that is the source of all suffering is not acceptance. Mm. And that is to say, and, and that is the sister of expectation because not acceptance means I was expecting something else and I'm not accepting what I've been given. And, and Buddhism, I have to tell you, for the purposes of change and accepting the realities of the world, it is a wonderful, wonderful view of life. Yeah. And it, it fits in with improv, it fits in with Tai Chi, it fits in with peaceful, happy living. And, uh, and I'm not reporting any particular living, I mean, any particular religion. I'm reporting trains of thought that will result in happy, productive people. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Now, I thought Tai Chi was the whole, you stand on the grass, you move your arms around, you, you do different stances. Now you've got swords integrated into this thing. Yeah. What, what's, what's going on there? I'm learning Tai Chi from a martial arts master because okay. Tai Chi is a martial art. It's just what they call an internal martial art where all of the moves of Tai Chi, like this is called petting the horse's mane, right? And, and when we do this motion, this is actually a martial arts motion. This is this hand coming up under somebody's arm and this hand grabbing a hold of that arm, putting them into a lock hold. Then turning your body could flip that person off their feet, but it just looks like this, right? But understanding the applications of those, it's, it's like any tool, really, a hammer. I can use a hammer to build a house or to hit you in the head, mm. okay? It's how you choose to use the tool. You can use Tai Chi for peace and calm, or you can use it to defend yourself. And with the martial arts history that I have, um, I want both. I want both the piece of it and I want the practical application to be able to defend myself and to learn the art because I love it. Well, it sounds like we need to have you instead of a ready for anything session, we need a, a Tai Chi morning session to, to invigorate some energy into our conference. Well, I tell you what, you bring me back and I'll do my life chi talk with you guys, which is literally a combination of Tai Chi and life skills that find balance and peace and energy everywhere you go. Mm. I have more stuff to talk about than ready for anything. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. We could talk all day. This is this is exciting. Good. I'm glad you're excited because I'm excited. Here's the thing. I, I mean, you get up in front of people, there's a certain expectation that you better have something of value to share. And I can tell you just based on the number of people I've exposed this message to and these messages to and these techniques to that it's good stuff that works if you apply it. You know, it takes practice. It takes effort over the long term. But the ideas themselves, you can build in your own direction, in your own life, however it works and fits. You know, my basic philosophy is that you're going to take what's useful and you're going to leave everything else behind. Do that for your own life, wherever you go. I expect this, this talk will be a microcosm of how I would like people to receive lessons in their life everywhere with openness and with a desire to actually apply them so that their lives get better. Because I'm not interested in being quiet and miserable. I'm interested in being loud and happy. Sure. What a life, right? I mean, look what I get to do for a living. I am like the most blessed person I know. And I'm free. I'm free. So, Bob, you're officially my spirit animal. You embody everything that I, I want to. You got the high energy in the morning. You got the creative job where you get to talk to people all day. You get to be an artist and be creative. Shoot, I'm ready to quit my job and, and start doing what you're doing. Dude, I, if you don't have to get in line. I'm sorry to tell you that seems to be the thing. And here's the thing. You can. You can absolutely do this. All right. You can if you decide that you want to do it and you love it enough. It just requires you actually taking a step in the direction that you want to go in. I don't have any idea where you are in your career progression or what have you, but you're young, you're fresh, you have great energy and you're smart. So you can do whatever the hell you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I was chief marketing officer for a huge healthcare conglomerate back in 1998 when I left the organization, I say decided, but I had decided three years prior to that when I was going to leave. And I left that from a $7 million a year budget back in those days, which is a lot of money back then, mm -hmm. to a $700 budget doing my own thing. But I was never happier because yeah. I get to choose what I do and I get to say no when I want to say no. And I get to chase down the crazy rabbit holes that I love to chase down and do it all real time. But I am married to an amazing human being who's incredibly tolerant of my crazy ways. So that also helps little That's reality check yes. here. 
Because <laughs> if I didn't have someone saying, yeah, go ahead, leave the cushy corporate world and go do your own thing, I probably wouldn't have done it because I had a, a five-year-old and an eight-year-old when I did that. And uh, I never looked back. I've been out here for 20 years now. And uh, last year was the greatest financial year in the history of my company. And I gave away 64% of what I did last year for free to mm -hmm. nonprofit causes. How do you do that? Seems like a miracle to me. Seems like a bad business decision. At yeah, first blush. everyone told me it was. Everyone told me it was. I announced it in 2012 that I was going to start making it a policy to give away half of what I do for a living. Yeah. They actually even wrote an article about me in the local paper, and I ended up getting a, a Jefferson Award, oh. which is one of the one of the highest civilian awards for uh, community volunteerism that you can get. I had never heard of it before I got it, but I was like, oh, thanks. Please, no more awards. It just feels weird to get an award for giving stuff away. Sure. Now we're going to give you something because you've given so much away. Well, then the point is I'm giving stuff away. Yeah. Why are you giving me more stuff? It's like Brewster's Millions. Can't get rid of it. Mm. But anyways, my life is good and I'm blessed and I'm super psyched that uh, I get to live this life. So, and where are you, by the way? Where are you physically? St. Louis, Missouri. Oh, that's right. We talked about the it. cold, wet, and dreary land. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then we all give you crap because you're like, uh, St. Louis, well, you don't need to be here. <laughs> I would say while you're there, dig up the gems of what's there. I grew up in Saugus, Massachusetts, which is the home of the oldest ironworks in the country. Mm -hmm. Okay, the oldest ironworks in the country in my hometown. 18 years I lived in that hometown, never went to the ironworks. I left there, moved to Florida, went back a few years and went to the ironworks and I'm like, holy cow, this was right in my own backyard. I mean, I literally could walk to this place from my house, yeah. but I never did. So it's like, I'm just telling you, you got some ironworks in St. Louis. All right, all right, all right. We got a brewery. I can certainly visit that one anytime. Dude, right. <laughs> got Anheuser-Busch <laughs> just down the road. Inebriation. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, listeners, this has been my conversation with Bob Codges, the keynote speaker at the Executive Leadership Conference. We hope you enjoyed hearing about how change is uh, both an innovator and a driver of newness in our organizations and in our lives, uh, but also how we can welcome it as a guest and not just as an enemy in which we fight. Until next time, folks, remember to be mission-driven, work together, and make a real impact. This is the Voices of Vision Leaders podcast.